hard to end that worship. I sort of messed with the, the students last night and kind of one of my ending questions was, so on Monday morning, how do y'all go back to 50 minutes of chapel? <laughs> I mean, one girl said that 15 hours straight, went and got 30 minutes of rest and came back and 19 hours straight of worshiping. Monday morning, it's 50 minutes. <laughs> oh, boy, those, those administrators are going to have a handful in their hands. Praise them. Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Hosea chapter 6, 1 through 3. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up. (laughs) That we may live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning, and he will come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain to the earth. Lord, we just thank you today, Lord, as we return unto you, Jesus. We return to you, Lord. Those saved, Lord, and unsaved, Lord, returning to you, Lord, for salvation and those of us saved of the body of Christ, returning to you, Lord, for reviving. Revive our hearts, Lord. Revive our lives. Let the dry bones, the dead bones live once again, Lord. Lord, that you would let your rain pour out, Lord, in each of our life, the latter and the former rain Reigning together, Lord, in this generation, in our time, Lord. Let the latter and the former rain just pour out in our homes, Lord. Let the latter and the former rain, Lord, just pour out in our churches, God. Lord, let the latter and the former rain pour out in our devotional times. Jesus, we say, come, Lord, and have your way. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You know, we're going to take just a few moments right now and once again just stir our hearts by way of remembrance. As with the testimony, so let us remember not only the Word of God, but His faithfulness to uphold His Word. His faithfulness to uphold His Word. And that's one of the the beautiful aspects of the Word of God being, being both historical, yet prophetic, being something that, that happened in the past, yet it's prophetic for the future, something that's in the, the here and now. When the word of God in Hosea says, come, let us return to the Lord, it's not only talking about Hosea's time. It's a word for the church, the present day 
people of God, church that, that is on the earth today, we, the ones holding the torch, the ones holding the, the responsibility, we can say burden, but the Lord says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's another one of those conundrums in the word of God that yet there, there is a burden that the Lord places upon the, the man and woman of God, yet he makes that burden that he puts upon our heart one that's light and bearable, one that motivates us and pushes us forward every day. This hunger, this burden turns into a, a motivating aspect of our life and our walk with Christ. It's not, a, it's not heavy laden so that as, I love what Amy's saying, you know, she's a, she's a crier, but you know, the Lord takes and part of her testimony right now is the Lord's taken and removed those tears and turned them into joy. She'll be crying again in a day or two, but, but <laughs> I cry. <laughs> sometimes we cry before the Lord. Sometimes we, we laugh before the Lord. It's, it's, not to put a, it's not to put it in a box. I cry tears of joy when, when his presence just comes on me and I'm just, I'm once again in awe. I'm just in awe every time. Me, Lord, me. You'll come and, and manifest yourself in my life. And tears of joy just, just begin to, to well up, starting in my heart and at times, as I'm not a crier, at times especially in those, those sweet times of joy, just well up in my eye sockets. During the times of revival, whether we're talking about the Welsh or the Azusa Street or Asbury or Reach Community Revival on, March, on February 25th, whatever times of revival that we're talking about, whether we're talking about the day of Pentecost, the times of revival is one of the... the the marks of revival, outpouring, fresh wind blowing of the Lord is that the heavens, the heavens just seem so accessible. I love what, what I believe it was Elise. I had a hard time with their names last night. I couldn't really hear, but Genevieve, Elise, and Charles in the order they were sitting. But I think it was Elise that said one of the marks in the last three weeks was, and help me if I, if I say it wrong, those who are here, but she said the, the expanse between earth and heaven seems so small. How did she, what word did she use? Thin, thank you. The expanse between earth and heaven seems so thin, so thin. And that's one of the marks of, of outpouring. And again, we're not, we're not just talking about just sovereign times of outpouring because we have access at all times. But, but one of the effects of revival is this, this thinning of the expanse of how, how hard or easy it is to access God's presence. There's, there's, in the Word of God, it talks about the, the heavens seem to be brassed over. At times, and those are those are times when you're in your prayer life and when you worship life, and and you're trying to like you're trying to press in, and it's like boom, you get these big old hickeys on your head because you keep on trying to rise up, and next thing you know, you boom hit that brass seal, and you just come plummeting back down. You end up with these big old knots on your head from 
from trying, from effort. But when the wind of God, when, when revival and outpouring starts pouring out individually in our life, this, it becomes so easy to access the heavenly places. Come, let us return to the Lord. God's presence seems to just fill the air. You walk into a room and next thing you know, there's just, there's just something different. As Ashley was noting and as Rylan was saying just the other day, just you walk in and you just begin individually, you begin to sense something different in the air. And that something different is the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's been here. He's been filling the room. But, but each one of us, as we press in, all of a sudden, we begin to sense His presence filling the air. One of the marks of the Welsh revival, where you often see, and and I just love these. I I mean, I I could just use all these testimonies to preach for the next six months, and then more are going to come, and that will be the next six months. But Amy's talking all about just lying on her face before the Lord. One of the signs of, of revival, and if you wonder why at times people just come and lie prostrate on the ground before the Lord. Well, well, think about it for a moment. Think about it in a biblical context for those of us who know our Bibles and for those of us who are still learning our Bibles. Every time, well, let's just start with angels. Every time an angel showed up on the scene, and yet everybody know angels are real, right? We, we, angels are real, demons, we believe these things. Jesus has given, taken you know, authority. We don't fear. My son right now is going through this little phase of he heard the word witch from someplace and we're having to walk my little four-year-old through. You know, we, witches don't have power over you. Oh, but witch, I, you, we got to be afraid of a witch. I said, no, we're not, we're not afraid of witches, Seth. We're not afraid of witches. And, and by the way, where did you, where did you hear? Where? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get this witch um, doctrine from anyway? <laughs> no, we're not afraid of witches. But think about it. Every time angels, every time angels showed up on the scene, the people of God to whom they showed up, their, their first inclination was to, to bow down to them, to angels. The angels had to say like, no, 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 stand up. Get up. When Paul came on the scene preaching and, and they started doing miracles, their first inclination was to, to start worshiping and sacrificing. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. Don't worship to me. But see, here's the thing is that whether, you're, whether it's an angel or whether it's the, the man or woman of God filled with the, the presence of the Lord, when, when the presence of the Lord shows up on the scene, our, our inclination is, to, is just to bow down and start worshiping. Now, every time that Jesus shows up on the scene, throughout the word of God in his pre-incarnate state, whether it's with, whether it's with Joshua, you know, as the commander in host, is it wherever it was that throughout the Old Testament, you know, whether it was at the burning bush as the, the Lord revealed himself to Moses, behold, take off your sandals, it's holy ground. Whenever Jesus shows up on the scene, it is permitted and encouraged to find yourself prostrate. Now in the day and age that we live in, this church age, 
it's more important to be prostrate in our heart, to have our hearts bow down before the Lord. But there's, there is as much value as our hearts then begin to affect the entirety of our life and our being, that there becomes value in we ourselves humbling ourselves in bowing ourselves before the Lord. It is a, a sign individually of God's presence being manifested to you. And if you want to just kind of, you know, arm wrestle me with that a little bit, just ask yourself this question. Why would you not? It's a hard thing to do. Why would you not just bow yourself down and prostrate yourself before the presence of the Lord. The only thing that holds us back from doing such, even whether it's lifting our hands and, or if it's just getting on our knees or if it's just singing our song or whatever it might be, the only thing that would hold us back is the pride of one's heart. It's the only reason we, we stand there and even, even at times as, as the pastor, and I know that, you know, you got to be, you got to be a, a leader. And, that, you know, I, I would just lie on the ground for, for most of the time. And we might just get there. You'd be like, oh, it's time to preach. Our pastor's just there. I mean, we've been in those services for, for years and years where it's like, okay, preacher, are you going to get up now? Are you going to do something now? But it's the pride of man that holds us back. What are people thinking? What are, what are people going to think of me? Just a little bit of information. They're not going to think, definitely not, anything less of you. It's only your own pride. It's your own preconceived thoughts and worries about, about what other people are thinking or, or am I doing it right or am I doing it wrong. So many things begin to happen as we in Hosea 6.1, come, let us return to the Lord. And in verse 3, when the rains begin to fall, it shifts everything in our walk with Christ. It no longer becomes just this system of works and, and check boxes, but a, a longing and a crying of our heart. Another thing that happened in the, in the Welsh revival, and more so than what we see in, in the Azusa Street, but teams of young people. I mean, this was, remember, Welsh revival, 1904-ish time frame. And Evan Roberts and, and men, his contemporaries, teams of young people, just like what we're seeing right now in universities, teams of young people, young adults. He was quite young himself, 26, as we said last week, but teams of young people were just being stirred up by the fire of God. You see, it's not, it's not normal. We think at times we think it's normal. Well, of course, I'm going to have to make my kids come to church. I'm going to have to sort of convince them, bribe them, pay them, promise them pizza afterwards and ice cream, whatever. But when it's an amazing thing when that our children, our children long for the touch of God in their life. Young people, whether we're talking about kids or whether we're talking about youth or whether we're talking about young adults, young people have this unkeenly ability to, to respond to God. 
And it's one of the marks of just special times that when the, the young people's, their hearts are getting stirred and a fire is being brewed in their hearts. And in these times of revival, young people were just being raised up. Teams of preachers, young people assisting preachers, young people going out and doing the work of God. There was an increased, intense passion for Jesus. Times of revival. You say, I want more of Jesus. I want the cry of my heart is to is for more of Christ. Well, when the thing is, is when the Lord starts stirring our hearts and there's a stirring happening in our heart, well, that stirring actually then results in a deepening and an increased passion for his presence. It works, to, it works to help one another and to benefit one another. Maybe, maybe at the first, it feels like a little bit more of a faith step. You're kind of stepping out because maybe at the first, you're not very familiar or you're a little bit nervous or you're dealing with some of those other things that we just had mentioned with the pride and things. So at first, you're like, you have a hunger in your heart, but it still takes us like, this step of faith to kind of go out there. But all of a sudden, you take this step of faith and, and you begin to just press in, in levels like you've never done before. And when you press in, then guess what? Guess who's faithful to meet you when you begin to press in? You begin to press in and what, you say, what do you mean by pressing in, Lord? I don't, I don't know. There's probably half of us that understand what I mean by that and, and other half of us that don't understand what I mean by that. And, and, and one aspect of what I mean pressing in could be, could be in our, in our times of worship, whether pre or during or after service, one means of pressing in is that, is that your normal mode for worship is, is you're kind of just there. You kind of may or may not know the song. You may kind of sing a little bit as, you know, as, as um, Ashley was saying, you may or may not like the song. Did you know that they don't like some songs, Olivia? Oh, I mean, did you realize? I didn't. I mean, like, goodness. Don't like some of our songs? What's that? Really? <laughs> Messing with you. It's fun. But pressing in. Instead of just sort of casually, listen to me. Because so much of pressing in has to do with worship. So much of pressing in has to do with prayer. But worship and prayer are very easily, they're very easily just mingled. Worship and prayer can very easily become this, this gumbo. It, be, it become in a, in, a, in a Filipino context, it would be menudo. You know, you just sort of just, just worship and prayer. And so instead of just taking it casually, you actually, it might be looking to your, to your husband and say, hey, can you get the little one because I need to press in. It might be looking at the wife, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to just... I'm going to push in here for a while. And it's instead of taking a casual approach to it, it's actually there is a focus and an intensive sort of, Lord, I'm here. That's why we close our eyes, not 
for the spiritual context of it, but for the context of just like, Lord, I'm getting all distractions out. Lord, I'm pushing everything out, and, and I'm, just, I'm just turning all my attention to you, Jesus. And I'm going to press in, and I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to, to sing from my heart, Lord. I'm going to even maybe just memorize these songs so I don't have to open up my eyes and be distracted by whatever around me. But, Lord, I'm just going to, I'm going to purposely, intensely make a decision and a commitment that I'm going to press in. You say, man, Pastor, that sounds just so much, that sounds so fleshly. It is a little bit at the beginning. For those of us who are unfamiliar with pressing in and beginning to encounter his glory and his presence, you have to strive. Everybody say strive. Go read Hebrews. We're not going to preach on Hebrews right now, but go read Hebrews. You have to strive to enter into his presence. You have to push through. You have to push through. And I'm telling you, there's a moment. There's a moment in pushing through where the atmosphere and the realities that where you are and the realm in which you're in, it changes. It changes. Once you experience that change of atmosphere in the presence of the Lord, as I was saying last night, we have a hard time wrapping our head and our heart around goodness, eternity. What are we going to do for eternity? That's a long time. Look to the person next to you say, that's a long time. What are we going to do? I mean, goodness gracious, I have a hard time sitting in two-hour service with pastor. And, and, and by the way, pastor, it's already past two hours and you seem to be like full on into preaching right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know if you have a schedule, you just got just to go if you need to. But eternity it's like in those moments when you find yourself in the presence of the Lord and you just realize man I don't I don't have to go anyplace else I don't want to go anyplace else I'm good right here if it's a wife she can be like husband has kids has life if it's the husband the wife just she's just gonna have to figure it out because I'm good and I'm gonna go be with Jesus and it's those moments where we're just getting just a glimpse a glimpse of eternity, just a glimpse, just a slimmer of eternity. And then once you begin to touch those and once you begin to experience those, you realize, oh, wait, 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 hold up. Can I, can I have that at any time? Or do I have to have Christina or Abby and uh, Olivia and Emma and Alice or whoever? Do I have to be like at church? Or can I actually have this anytime? Because once you, once that just like, I can walk and live in his glory, in his presence all the time. It changes your purpose for existence. Changes everything. And that's when Hosea is saying, come. Let us return to the Lord. People would lie prostrate for hours on end. People would worship for hours on end. On several occasions, again, this is back to the Welsh, the people would begin. And, and these are just historical movements that, that no one 
with an open heart to Christ can or would deny, but they would begin to cry out, no more, Jesus, or I might die. They'd begin to scream this out, no more, Lord, no more, because it's the point that you want revival. When you pray for, think about it, what do you pray when you pray in your prayers? We say, more of you, less of me. More of you, less of me. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I'm just going to show you my backside because if I showed you all my glory, you would be disintegrated. If I showed you my glory, you would just vanish from the earth. So I'm just going to give you a little glimpse of my backside and at that I'm going to cover you up. People would be worshiping and the glory of God would be just so heavy. That people would just be like, oh, Lord, <laughs> I'm going to, I don't know what they were thinking. I'm going to implode. I'm going to disintegrate. I'm going to, Lord, Lord, I feel like I might die. You're in revival when you've got so much of him that you feel compelled to say, no more, lest I die. Another feature, and we've mentioned it, but we have to keep going back to it, is just this overwhelming sense of God's presence. It's an overwhelming sense of God's presence. Ezra says this, and we'll, we'll end with this, and we'll go into a time of worship. I just can't seem to get through this stuff. We're kind of on introduction still. I think we just need to get back to worship. Ezra says this, and we'll end with this, these two scriptures. Ezra 9, 8 and 9. He says, and now for a little while, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape, to give us a peg in his holy place. A peg. Peg, talking about you, a peg in his holy place, one that is securely, firmly planted in his holy place. Listen to that, a peg in his holy place. Look at yourself as a peg, and you're to be driven down in the holy place of the Lord. We won't talk about how pegs get kind of driven into the ground right now. That our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. For we were slaves, yet our God did not forsake us in our bondage, but he extended mercy to us. In the sight of the kings of Persia. Why? To revive us. To repair the house of God. Two things the Lord is always doing ever since, ever since. He's reviving his people and he's repairing his house. But here's the thing. The house is is not this building. Don't get that out of your head. That was signs and 
pictures and illustrations for us. You're the house of God. Each one of us individually are members that make up the house of God. Reviving and repairing his house. He sends revival to repair his house. He sends revival to revive the hearts and the lives in our, in our walk with Christ. He sends the winds of heaven. Lord, we ask for the rain in Zechariah 10, 1. He lets the rains come and pour upon us so that we can be a fruitful people. So that we can be firmly established in the holy place of God. He says to revive and repair the house of God. To rebuild its ruins and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. Generation to generation, the Lord revives and is reviving his people, his church. The Lord from generation to generation continues to call us out and to call us up. The Lord from generation to generation, he just keeps pouring out in order to fill us up, heal those leaky vessels, give us new wineskins that we can be carriers of the glory of God. You see, evangelism and, and sharing the gospel and all these things, when we go as people that are filled with the power of God and we've got the glory of God upon us and the presence of God upon us, it becomes just a natural thing for people to become more receptive, more receptive to our life and to our message and to our Lord and Savior. It's not that every one, every time is going to fall on their face and you're going to have to, no, 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 get up, really, I'm not an angel. Some of you could pass for some. But the presence of God on our life, the Lord is grabbing a hold, and he's getting our attention once again. Everybody in this room and all of our young generation and in churches across the world just are hungering for something real of the Lord and for more of Christ in his spirit and his power to be poured out in our life. No facade, no religion will do. No facade. No religion will satisfy. I'm telling you, coming into the house of God, it's part of it. But if it's only part of a religious routine in our life, it's not going to satisfy. A religious routine isn't going isn't to heal the hurt and the offense. A religious routine isn't going to set us free from, from alcoholism and drug addiction and pornography and, and anger and shame. Religious, religious routine isn't, isn't going to set us free from any of that. You can do it again and again. You can do it again and again for as long as you live and 
a routine, just a religious routine isn't going to isn't going to break those things. A religious routine isn't going to isn't going to produce the joy of the Lord welling up in your spirit or the peace of God settling so deep into your heart that that a peace that passes as the word says all all understanding it's it's incomprehensible incomprehensible the touch of heaven religious routine doesn't do that and that's one thing that we're so thankful when the winds of God begin to blow because because it it just sort of pulls back it pulls back the curtain on religion and religion just stands there as you would just naked it becomes so obvious religion just becomes so obvious the church looking and acting like the world also will not do there's a consecration there's a separation there's a purification. There's a sanctification. Whew. See, there's vast oceans between when one is saved and in the sanctifying work of the Spirit and the Word of God in our life. He takes us just as we are. He says, I'll take you exactly as you are, and I'm going to make you. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to mend you. I'm going to create in you exactly what I want to. Just, just, you can sit or stand. Just right, let's just take a few more moments before I just give some people the opportunity to, to go. If you can spare just a few more moments. It's the presence of the Lord just, just obviously is just filling this place and filling your heart just right where you are just close your eyes